Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Monday, February 5th. How is everyone doing tonight? And I want to thank our partners and our sponsors, starting with Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different, as well as these guys right over here. La Bitta TV, brewed in Quebec, and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. Also want to thank Playground, over 30,000 square feet of new gaming, dining, and entertainment space. Time to reacquaint yourself with Playground. World-class sushi, AAA steaks, live shows, a brand new poker floor, and so much more located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal Playground. Playground experience the strip without the trip, and also brought to you in part by Accent Insurance Solutions. And of course, all of you know that insurance isn't created equal, and you know where to find the right solution for you. Accent Insurance. Accent doesn't sell insurance. They shop it for you to find the right product, right on the money, whatever your insurance needs, home, automobile, or business, call the Accent team today at 514-363-3636. It was just a couple of days ago that Sean Monahan was traded from the Montreal Canadiens to the Winnipeg Jets. And, of course, we also had our NHL All-Star Weekend. The Montreal Canadiens were back at practice on Sunday at 2 p.m., also practice on Monday, and after practice, leaving for Washington, of course, where they visit the Washington Capitals tomorrow night. Without further ado, let's bring him in. He is a former Montreal Canadian scout in the Bob Ganey administration. He is the founder and owner of Recruits and Recruits.ca. You can get a monthly subscription to the entire platinum package for under $4 a month. As a matter of fact, $3.99. And he is the co-host of the Recruits Draftcast podcast, a sick media agency production. Grant McCagg, quite the introduction. How are you? Hey, well, just trying to keep my dog from starting to bark there. And I think, I think I pulled it off. So we're good to go, Tony. My God, you got so many titles. It's unbelievable. Former scout, Bob Ganey administration, <laughs> founder, co-owner, recruits, recruits.ca, the magazine, the subscription, co-host of the podcast. <laughs> my God, you're busy. Master of none, Tony. Uh, 
I would disagree. I would disagree. You are pretty good at what you do. I think everyone watching by now has figured that out. And to all of you watching on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Twitter Live, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for being a community, for being the Sikh Army, and for all your engagement. And uh, we feel the love. We'd like to feel it even more. You know what goes a long way for us anyway is if you go on Apple, if you can leave us a five-star review with a nice comment, it really is our way of feeling the love. That's where we can read most of the comments. Thank you very much for that if you do that. Now, before getting to Marty Louis, before getting to Uri Slavkowski, before getting to the players, before getting to everyone, let me just shut off my cell phone there, uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, hear from Sean Monahan his first words as a Winnipeg Jet? First off, welcome to Winnipeg. Right. <laughs> uh, judging by your uh, uh, response, it's been less than 24 hours, but uh, enough time to, to soak in the, the trade in your new home now? Yeah, I mean, it kind of sunk in right away. I mean, a lot of messages from, obviously, teammates and uh, calls from throughout the organization. So I think uh, great people uh, and obviously a great place to play. When Elias went to Vancouver, uh, did you kind of have the spidey uh, senses tingling that uh, something might be happening your way yeah to be honest i wasn't sure and uh i mean i woke up to a few messages from my agent and uh next thing i know i was traded so i, I was expecting to be moved and uh was, was ready for it so i think uh, coming to winnipeg is, is really exciting great team and like i said a lot of great people Son, where were you when you uh, got the news were you on a tropical vacation or yeah i was in palm beach uh yeah i mean it was early in the morning i got a got a text Made a phone call and then kind of just waited and uh, yeah, it all went down. Hockey world is a small one uh, in terms of guys on the Jets. Uh, would there be some players that you have some kind of history with, whether it's working out in the off season or just know a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I've skated with uh, I skated with Perfetti a few times in the summer. Uh, I know Shife played against him a ton throughout junior and obviously in the NHL and. Uh, I mean, other than that, it's, I mean, you're just kind of familiar with guys just playing against them. You're in the league long enough where you have that, uh, that respect for other players. And, uh, I mean, you watch a lot of hockey as a player. So I think uh, starting to starting to get to know the guys here. Looks like you're going to start on a line with Cole and Nikolai Ehlers. Um, must be some excitement uh, with oh, yeah. what those guys are capable of. Yeah, big time. I think it's, uh, I mean, both special players, uh, really smart. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you get a few touches today, and uh, you're excited to see what comes from that. Playing against the uh, Jets a couple of times this season already, Sean. Now, what are your impressions, of especially the defensive structure and posture that Bones has in place, that is making this team the best defensive club in the league this year? Yeah, no, they play hard, and I mean, when you when you play with structure and uh, I mean the little details of the game, it's uh, it's hard to beat teams like that. So, I mean, I'm real happy to be a part of one. Power play is such a strong part of your toolkit there. Uh, I don't know how closely you follow like, where teams rank in the league, but the Jets are struggling on the power play. So uh, how much of a, uh, a boost do you think you'll be able to give them, especially playing in that familiar spot in the bumper? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's pretty, it's it's good for me. I mean, it's, I just got to get comfortable with back in the bumper there in Montreal. So, I mean, when you're feeling good and you have that confidence with uh, touches and obviously surrounded by great players in that power play, you want to get them the puck and uh, be able to relieve pressure. That's something I've done kind of my whole career. Sean, one of the things that right, uh, let's stop it right there if we can. All right, we'll get back to Sean Monahan in just a second, so we don't go on for an extended period of time. We'll stop there and we'll continue. But Grant, uh, he didn't know where he was going to get traded, but once again, you're hearing it from the horse's mouth. He expected to be traded, like you know, the yeah. lines of communication with Kent Hughes they were open since last year, and then again in the off season, 
the plan was to trade Sean Monahan. It was their plan, and it probably was his plan too. Well, it sounded like uh, I think you know what uh, Hughes admitted that they had conversations that when he was signing, and I think you know the the promise was that if they were out of the playoff picture coming up to the up to the trade deadline that they would move him to a playoff contender or i don't know that he was signed i think that was i mean uh, you know there were rumors that that was discussed and and kent didn't refute them and i think that that was the that's what happened and so i you know i, I know that some players were disillusioned about him moving but it I think that I don't think that you know I don't think Sean was disillusioned about it, and it's a business, so that's why it happened. You know, yeah, it's uh, it was weird uh, to see a picture of him actually wearing blue and not <laughs> wearing a red T-shirt or not wearing a T-shirt yeah. with the Canadians logo on it. But it's it's yeah. odd to say, but the blue kind of looks pretty good on him. But yeah, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Canadians in just a second, and it's you know, Grant, it's funny because how things change in a couple of days. Late last week, I had you on. Uh, and I asked you what your top 10 draft uh, prospect pick looks like going into the 2024 draft because it looks like the Canadians obviously are going to have a top 10 pick with you take a look at where they are in the standings. And tonight I got you back on because uh, you put together a list of your top 32, and I'm actually going to ask you what 21 to 32 looks like because Great. the Winnipeg Jets right now are sixth in the National Hockey League, give or take. They're six points behind first place Vancouver. They have two games in hand. So, I mean, the Jets, the way they're going, and obviously they, they had a, a terrific first uh, 60% of the season or whatever it is, they're, they're going to have to continue. But, you know, the Jets are going to be one of the top six teams in the league. Well, uh, I mean, it looks that way. I mean, it definitely well, looks that way. He's going from, uh, you know, playing with the likes of uh... – uh, Josh Anderson with two or three goals to going on a line with Nick Ehlers and Cole Perfetti like that. Yeah. That's, and that's your second line. Like that's a pretty, uh, that, that could be a really good second line. Holy moly. And yeah. uh, it's kind of yeah. cool what that he's going, he's played 15 years in the league and uh, all three teams are Canadian. So I think that's kind of a cool part of it. Too. It is. It is. But you know, also what a response by Winnipeg, to Vancouver picking up Elias Lindholm, eh? When you think about it, uh, yeah. it's like the perfect response by the Winnipeg Jets to, to Vancouver picking up Lindholm. Like, I don't know if another team, considering Vancouver, considering in the West, considering you're going to have to go through them, I don't know if another team, it, it would have been more appropriate for Sean Monaghan to actually be traded yeah. to another team other than Winnipeg. It's, it seems yeah. like it's extremely appropriate for them. And I think they probably put the heat on. I'd love to know all the details about why he traded uh, Monaghan a month before the trade deadline, but he did mention something about the market can change, right? But with Lindholm yeah. going, I bet you Winnipeg thought, well, I mean, the only guy that we really want that's left is Monaghan as far as a, that second center slot. And if another team jumps ahead, we've got to try to get him now, you know? But I also think, it, and it was neat at the the press conference for uh, Kent, where somebody asked him about uh, Gignac and the possibility of maybe signing him, and he had that sly look on his face, like you knew he knew something was up, right? Yeah. And then yeah. uh, you know, a day later, uh, they announced that they've uh, 
that they signed Zinyak, which is a cool story because four years ago he was playing in the ECHL. Now, if that's not a testament to keep playing, not give up on your dream, you know, he signed with Laval and he slowly worked his way up the lineup. And this year he was a point per game guy, which is pretty, uh, and, and it's funny. I tweeted in uh, November that I thought that they should call him up not knowing that he was already signed to an NHL. It wasn't signed to an NHL contract yet. And somebody pointed it out and said, oh, okay, because he's the one that deserved to be called up. He was the best forward yeah. on morale. So they signed him. I think that may have gone into uh, Hughes deciding to to pull the trigger now too because they wanted to, that contract, right? They need that contract to sign Um to sign Gignac, and then there's also the the opportunity with with Monahan gone to bring him up, get a good look at him, and see if he can be one of the guys that has a legitimate shot to uh, to be one of the centers next year on, on the Canadians. Uh, on that note, yeah, why don't we get back to that? Uh, it was on Sunday morning uh, at around uh, eight thirty in the morning, as a matter of fact, uh, eight twenty five a.m. The Montreal Canadiens announced via their Twitter account that they recalled Lucas Condotta from the Laval Rocket. Uh, his name was brought up during Kent Hughes' uh, Zoom call on Friday when he said, you know, Mitchell Stevens was up here and Luca Condotta and they're guys that can probably slot into the fourth line. So Condotta is called up. And then five minutes after they make that announcement on their social media, they announced that uh, they agreed to terms on a two-year, two-way contract with Brandon Gignac. For those who are unaware of Brandon Gignac, it's an incredible story of perseverance like Grant just mentioned. We're talking about a former third-round pick back in the 2016 NHL entry draft. 2016, that's almost eight years ago that he was drafted. Four years with the Cataract de Shawinigan of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He gets drafted by the New Jersey Devils. Uh, he plays a couple of games with Albany in the AHL. From there, he goes to Binghamton, or they probably ended up changing names, pardon me, the year after. Uh, but uh, Binghamton Devils for a couple of years. Then ends up playing an NHL game in 2018-2019 season. Back to the AHL with the Binghamton Devils for a couple of seasons. Like you just mentioned, Grant, from there goes down to the East Coast Hockey League to play with the Jacksonville Icemen to the Laval Rocket for the last two and a half seasons here. And with the Laval Rocket in his first season, 26 points in 48 games. Last season, 33 points in 49 games. This season, 42 points in 43 games. Born in Repentigny, a good as she knew. He's about 5'11", six foot tall. He's under 200 pounds, but he plays with a lot of heart and a lot of energy. What an amazing story of perseverance. Amazing. What's cool, I, I you know, I got thinking and I, I mentioned it, I think, on our last podcast, the name Jonathan Marcheseau, when we were talking about yeah. Q players that, that persevered because yeah. they were competitive and stuff. Marcia Show was 26 years old before he got his first NHL shot with Tampa. And uh, he was a point-per-game guy in the AHL wow. when he got called up. How old is Zinyak? He's 26 years old. Point-per-game guy when he got when he's getting called up. So let's, you know, let's not uh, 
I hope that he, you know, he shows that, hey, just like Struble did there, hey, you know, I want to stay in the lineup and uh, I'm going to yeah. prove myself. And it'd be, it'd be just a great story if he could, uh, yeah, if he could have a great end to the season and end up, uh, you know, making the Canadians next year as one of their centers. We'll see. You know, it's another great story. Uh, speaking of guys from the province of Quebec, is Alex Body Boulet. Uh, who Alex Body Boulet was an undrafted player. Uh, he's an undersized player. And you know what? He's been up and down from the AHL to the NHL with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then, um, you know, they're the AHL once again. And then from there, a couple of games with Seattle and then back to the AHL and then back to Tampa Bay and back down to Seattle. Their series played 32 games with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that's that's not bad for once again an undrafted player up and down perseverance. There's you know this is these are great stories for so many NHL so many hockey players who are in the East Coast Hockey League at 23, 24, and they're saying you know what there's a lot of them who pack it in eh they pack yeah. it in and, and unfortunately they'll never really know what could have been because they didn't stick with it and they said you know what I'm packing it in in any sport. It all starts with believing in yourself. If you don't, you're going to end up packing it in. And yeah. if you do, you're going to stick with it. And obviously, these are examples of guys who do believe in themselves. It's amazing. Zinyak, uh, I liked him in his draft year. I remember him well. And I uh, I was with McKean's uh, at the time, McKean's Hockey, yeah. and ranked him yeah. as a second-round guy and thought that he had a shot at being an NHLer because he played, you know, he, he's very competitive. He's not the biggest guy, but he plays bigger than he is and uh, smart, very smart player. And you're smart and you're competitive and have, have a decent skill set, you have a chance. So I I hope that he scores a few goals, just like Harvey Pinard when he came up last year yeah. and uh, gets a really long look next year at camp. Once again, we are going to get to Marty St. Louis. We are going to get to Uri Slavkowski. And we are going to get to Grant McCagg's draft list of picks 21 to 32 that he can talk to us about. But without further ado, let's go back. To Sean Monahan. I have said during on Friday after the trade was just how you kind of mesh with younger players. What, what about that? You know, why is that sort of a, I guess a thing that you kind of take on? Because it sounds like you're doing that with uh, your eye. And, uh, yeah, no, I. I mean, I still feel like a young guy, and I feel like you just got in the league. But uh, I mean, time flies. But no, I mean, I, everyone. Uh, I mean, at some point goes through it. I mean, sometimes when you're younger, you can struggle and. Uh, I mean, the, the league gets the best use. I mean, I, I like to pay close attention to, to younger guys and make sure everything's going well and uh, make sure they're at their best every day. No matter how long you play in the NHL, Sean, will there be butterflies Tuesday night in Pittsburgh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was today. This is the most nervous <laughs> I've been for a practice in a long time. I mean, you're coming, meeting new people, coming to a new, uh, new facility and get to know everything. So, I mean, driving here, I was nervous. And uh, even before I stepped on the ice, I was nervous. So I think uh, to still have that, that's a good feeling. And uh, like I said, it's, it's a great place to play. I mean, I loved uh, every time I played in Winnipeg. And the excitement and being a Canadian kid playing in the Canadian market. I was going to ask about that. You're, you're kind of doing the tour of Canada here, right? I mean, yeah. starting Calgary and Montreal. You know the, the the passion, I guess, in Canadian markets. So what's it like to join Winnipeg in the stretch drive, you know, a push for the playoffs and, and what might 
come of that? Yeah, no, it's special. I mean, as a as a player, all you want to do is have a chance to play in the playoffs, and I think uh, going to have a good chance here. And I mean, trying to push it and go far on a good run. So I mean, and and playing in a Canadian market, doing that, it makes it that much more special. How much of a benefit is it, uh, Sean, to get here now? with 35 games in the schedule as opposed to maybe if it had been in and around the deadline where, you know, there's, uh, you know, 20, 22 games or whatever to get acclimated and ready. Yeah, no, it's huge. I think, I mean, you get traded closer to March, it flies by, and next thing you know, the playoffs are starting. So, I mean, gets another city, uh, get comfortable, move into a, a place and uh, make it feel like home. So, I mean, guys have already been doing that for me here. But, uh, yeah, I think it, uh, it goes a long way being here earlier. One of the ongoing, I guess, frustrations with the Jets this year has been the state of the power play as good as everything else has been going. That's somewhere that you've had a lot of success and looks like you're going to jump right into that top unit. Um, what, can, what do you think you can bring to the power play? And with the talent that this group has, do you think it's just a matter of time before it starts to click? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've been here one day, and I mean, you got to earn the right to, to be on the power play with how you're playing. But, uh, I mean, I've played in the bumper my whole career basically and uh, it's, uh, it's a spot I'm real comfortable and familiar with and I mean today I was there and I mean you got Kyle Connor on one side and Scheife on the other it's uh, two uh, two real big weapons. How much do you feel that your uh, face-off acumen will be an asset to this team especially in all three zones? Yeah no I mean I, I take pride in it it's uh, I mean as a centerman you, you want to start with the puck so I mean I don't know exactly how I'll be played or used or anything like that, but uh, I mean, anytime I'm taking a face-off, I'm trying to win it. So that, uh, that's where my mindset's at. You can get penalty killing duties as well. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. I mean, it's, uh, it's a possibility for sure. I mean, you gotta you gotta earn the right to, to do all those things. There you have it, uh, Sean Monahan, who of course is going to play center with the Winnipeg Jets and is going to play on a line with uh, Cole Perfetti and with Nick Ehlers, going to play on the second line of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, there's a guy who's going to take his share of faceoffs. There's a guy who's going to win his share of faceoffs. A challenge for him is going to be if he can help out a slumping Winnipeg Jets power play, which is pretty much the only thing that's slumping with them. Uh, just everything he says, excited about going to Winnipeg. You know, it's I wouldn't expect them to say otherwise, but not everyone's always overly excited about going to Winnipeg. There's anywhere you can go at the same time. He wasn't an unrestricted free agent. It wasn't going to be up to him to decide where he was going to go, but it will be up to him to decide where he's going to end up resigning because uh, his contract, of course, is up at the end of the year. Grant, before we get to the, I can't wait to see that once the season's going to be over. If he has a good run with the Winnipeg Jets, how many guys go unrestricted free agency and say, I'm re-signing with Winnipeg, right? It's happened. They've had players there for a long time, but it could be Monaghan's last contract of his career. Uh, he's played in three Canadian markets, like you mentioned. Came from Calgary to Montreal, now to Winnipeg. I can't wait to see where he resigns. I know some people watching right now are probably thinking that there's a chance that he resigns with the Montreal Canadiens. I think there's a chance, but if he re-signs with the Montreal Canadiens, it's because he's not getting a lot of term elsewhere. Yeah, probably. I right. I, I imagine he, you know, he prefers getting traded to uh, to Winnipeg uh, mid-February as opposed to you know uh, the end of November, right? Because winter, most of winters, you know, Winnipeg in the springs is a is a beautiful city, so. You know, the majority of his time here is going to be the weather's not going to be that bad. You know, another month uh, of endure, enduring the cold winter, yeah. and then uh, 
then then spring hits and uh, spring in Winnipeg is uh, is nice. So uh, I wish them all the best. I I'm actually yeah. going to be rooting for Winnipeg. I've always kind of liked Winnipeg. I, I like the underdog city. I think that they get a bad rap for bad rep for being uh, you know the city that nobody wants to play in. But didn't Shifley and Hellebuck sign long-term deals there in the offseason. Yeah, you're right. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't I mean, it, uh, uh, isn't it all, no, he's going, he's going to, a, he's leaving a, a losing team to go to a winning team, but he goes to a team that the Canadians always beat. <laughs> there you go. Well, that might change right. now. <laughs> we'll see, but uh, yeah. no, I'm going to be uh, rooting for Winnipeg. Cause I, I think Monaghan, I, I've followed Monaghan's career right from, he, he played for the Ottawa 67s and that's my hometown yeah. junior team. So yeah, yeah. I've been a I've been a, a Monahan fan since he was 16 years of age and just a class act. I, oh, I hope I wish him all the best. He's everything you could want in a player. Okay, now one of the questions asked was his influence on young players, uh, and the name Slavkovsky was was brought up in the question. So speaking of which, Yuri Slavkovsky um, on Sunday afternoon was asked uh, about uh, you know. Monaghan leaving, of course, being traded, and how much he'll be missed. Let's hear from your eye. It's not much we can do about now. Yeah, it's great, great player, but yeah, we still have three games to play, so we'll just focus on that now. What did he mean to you? Oh, well, like, I mean, he's a great guy, great person, and just having him around and, like, all, all his jokes and everything, like, just daily basis was, was great to have him around. And, yeah, but, like I said, we miss him a lot, but, yeah, we just got to keep playing. Yeah, for sure, like, everything he does and just to see him, what he does, like, when he comes to ring and stuff. And, yeah, of course, that helps not only to me, but many more guys. So just to see what he does and how he does it and the way he comes to the rink and the way he conducts himself helped me and others uh, become better pros. Uh, but at one point he says we can't focus on that. We're a great guy, great teammate. We wish him well. We got over 30 games to go here, and that's going to be our focus. Grant, clearly the Canadians um, are also probably thinking they have enough leadership in that locker room to get over this rest of the season or be able to... Uh, to go on without Monaghan. Um, I, I know that you wanted him to play with Suzuki and Caulfield for quite some time, but before that, and, and Slavkowski had a cup of coffee with pretty much almost everybody, but Monaghan did have a very, very good influence on him. Does it worry you that Monaghan will not be there for at least the rest of the regular season? We don't know what happens in the future, but for at least the rest of the regular season to help Slavkowski through growing pains that, are not quite yet, yet over. Not well, over yet, right? No, I I've been calling for him to the the Canadians to try Slaff with uh, Monahan since last year. Like I, I, it was weird that they never really tried him uh, with Monahan for any more than a period or two, or maybe one game last year until the last two weeks, and they looked like they got, got in, instant chemistry. That's one of the things that I'm going to regret the most about Monaghan going is the fact that Slaff had finally found a center that was, it seemed like Monaghan looked, looked for him. Unlike guys like uh, Matheson, who doesn't seem to look, want to pass the puck to uh, Slaff, Monaghan did. And uh, 
and he gets it back. You know, they were finding instant chemistry, and it's too bad that looked like Slav finally found the center that where they were clicking together, and uh, away he's gone. So uh, maybe uh, it'll be interesting to see. I hope I hope it's not Evans that ends up playing with Slavkowski because I think he needs an op like somebody with a little more offense as good yeah. as good as Evans is defensively. He's you know he's become a what a three or four goal a year scorer. I mean, Slav needs more offensive upside than that. I don't know if they're gonna. I guess for now maybe I I hope they plug in Zinyak with him and, and give him a try with Zinyak and see if they can get something going together. But uh, here, I hope it's not, you know, he's not playing with Condotta or, or, or Evans. Uh, and I guess when Newhook comes back, presumably yeah. he's going to go back to center, even though I think he's better on the wing. They don't have much choice right now uh, with Monaghan gone and with Doc injured and with Dvorak injured. Uh, Newhook probably goes back to center with Slavkowski. And they didn't find chemistry when they were together earlier in the year, but Slap is a better player than he was then too. So maybe, yeah, uh, yeah. maybe they can, if, if Zinyak and him play together and they don't click, then uh, I could see uh, new hook being Slavkovsky center for the rest of the year when he comes back. And Newark has returned and practiced uh, with his teammates. And once again, the Canadians are going to be in Washington tomorrow night. And uh, Sean Monahan's going to be in Pittsburgh with his Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night. Okay, Montreal Canadiens coach Marty St. Louis was asked, how do you replace Monahan? It's one place. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, Monty's a pro. I think he's a well-liked guy. Uh, you know, he, he, he played in every situation for us. Uh, you know, I don't think you necessarily replace him with just another player. I think it's just collectively, you know, the league keeps going. You know, you'll lose guys through injuries, you lose guys through trades, and you just got to stay the course and, and, and keep pushing, and that's what we intend to do. Particular reaction when Kent told you that this was going down? I mean, I care about my players, you know, and of course I'm disappointed. Uh, you know, but I understand it, and uh, you know it's uh, uh, you know it's a possibility. But you know that that day comes, and, and the feelings uh, you know what kind of feelings you're gonna have. Uh, you know, so when it happened, yeah, I mean, I I was <clears throat> you know I was disappointed in the sense that you know you you lose a good player, but just the quality individual. Um, and uh, but all along, you know, it's a possibility. And uh, you know, I'm happy he's, he's, he's going to a place where he's, you know, he's going to have a good opportunity. There you have it, Marty Saint Louis, losing a good player, losing a good person. Happy he's going to have a going to place, um, good opportunity for him. Uh, and of course, he just talks about everyone's going to have to do a little bit more. And I, I know it's very cliche, Grant. I know it's very cliche, but I have to tell you, count me among those who are surprised that the Canadians have played the way they've played and have produced the way they've produced. And I know that they're still closer to the bottom than they are to the top. But when they lost Kirby Doc 
in the fourth period of the season. And we're told he's out for the entire season. And then add to that, they lost David Savard for six weeks and Caden Gooley for four games and and uh, and Raphael Arvey-Pinard for about, I don't know, uh, over 15 games and uh, Alex Newhook for about three and a half months. And, and, and they were just piling up one after the other. Yeah. I thought the Canadians were going to hit rock bottom and they didn't. And and all Marty St. Louis said from that moment on when Doc went down was collectively everyone's going to have to give a little bit more. And that's his message. And you know what? I know a part of the fan base is devastated, but when you want to evaluate what you have in-house, this is a great way to do it now. Monahan's not here. Gignac is there. Let's see what he can do. Condotta's there. Let's see what he can do. Others are going to have to step up. Let's see what they can do. Jake Evans has been tested to a point where he's in a chair where maybe he shouldn't be, but you know what? Now it's even more. On, let's see what he can do. Alex Newark's going to come back. Let's see what Alex Newark could do because when he went down with that injury, I think most of us thought he was a better winger than he was a centerman. When he comes back now, does he end up becoming a better centerman than he was a winger? Well, exactly. It's going uh, it's gonna to give the Canadians an opportunity to get a good look at Newhook back at center again. Um, they probably weren't going to have that if Dvorak didn't get injured and if Monaghan stayed. So, uh, you know, next man up. And I think... And I mean, Hughes is on record saying it more than once that he'd like Newhook to be a center. And I think when they when they traded for him, that was the hope that he would play center for them, and ideally maybe second line center. Uh, but it, it was a fairly short addition for him the first time around, and he he looked like he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He looked better on the wing than he did at center, but it wasn't like it was for two seasons or something. So if he gets 20, 25 games um, uh, at center, yeah, maybe he'll, maybe he'll look better. But if he didn't get that, Tony, going into next year at camp, he's not probably even in the picture to play center, to be one of the guys vying for a center spot next year. So I, I think in a, you know, in, in a sense, when you look at the, when you strip away the sadness of Monaghan going and stuff, you're exactly right. It, it gives other guys opportunity and, and you hope that they step up. All right. So once again, the players are disappointed and Marty St. Louis was asked about the players' disappointment. This is what he had to say. To me, it's having a big vision, not a small mind. Big difference. And... They're not uh, they're not easy news for any players to see a player like Monty leave. You know, like I said, he's he's a well liked guy. These young guys that have seen him for a couple of years now, that's not lost because he's gone. You know, he's had a chance to impact some of these young players, and it's a big reason why we brought him in. Uh, you know, but it's. <clears throat> big picture stuff that you have to keep reminding the guys and and so we're going to do you just keep going you know and I think we we have a great opportunity here to just to keep going collectively like as you know keep improving our collective play uh, you know so their conversation and and but they they have feelings it's normal you know they they care about the individual probably more than they do about the players you know so it's an unfortunate part of, of, of 
professional sport, especially team sports, but it's 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 part of it. Grant, um, you know, everyone had an opinion whether or not the Canadians should have traded Sean Monahan. And um, I know I was, they got to trade Sean Monahan. They're in a rebuild. They have a plan. They're not going to sway from it. And uh, even though everyone realizes they're in a rebuild and they have a plan, the whole discussion came up. Monahan, he's only 29 and, you know, he's not finished. He's still young and all that stuff good player and they won't be able to get another player like that and but for me that's the quote of the year that's the quote of the year it's about having a big vision and not a small mind that's what marty st louis trying to tell you right their plan their rebuild they want to do it a certain way so like that they could be very good for a long time and take a crack at the cup. They don't want to sway away from the plan because keeping Monaghan here will make them more competitive, maybe gain a few more points in the standings, take away some playing time from some younger players, take away what could be some flexibility on the cap in vis-a-vis -vis his next contract. So it's all about stockpiling assets so at one point, some of those picks can develop and play here. And at another point, some of those assets and picks can be used to go out and get immediate help when they've turned the corner and then when they're ready to do so. That For me, that's the quote of the year. It's about having a big vision, not a small mind. I think it tells you everything you need to know, Grant. Well, they're not making the playoffs. Uh, what was the use of uh, keeping Monaghan for the rest of the year only to lose him for nothing? Uh, so you could have a, what, win a few more games and get a lower, a worse pick than you're going to get without him. So it just, everything pointed towards him getting, getting traded. So it was inevitable once they were out of the playoff picture that Monaghan was going. And I think there was a promise there anyway. So, I yes. don't know anyone and, that's anyone that's disappointed can, with it just shouldn't be. No, and you're right, Grant. And if I can also, we have to keep in mind what Kent Hughes said a couple of days ago, right? Because a lot of people watching are probably going to say, well, no, Grant, you're not going to lose him for nothing because if you don't trade him, you keep him here and you sign him long term. Well, A, he expected to be moved. B, he probably wanted to be moved. And C, Kent Hughes told you, I was unable to give him the contract that he wanted at this moment. So at that point, you're going to keep him for the rest of the season. He's going to walk because you can't offer him. And Kent Hughes also went on to say, we don't have enough clarity with our situation yet. So there are still some, some, some questions that remain to be answered. And they don't have those answers just yet. They're going to end up getting them along the way. Okay. Having said that, they get a first-round pick for Sean Monaghan. The Winnipeg Jets are in sixth. They're six points out of first. They have two games in hand. If they if they drop in the standings, it's not going to be lower than 21st pick. And it could be as high as the 30, 31st, 32nd. So on that note, you have your top 32, but you have picks 21 to 32. Is that correct? Yeah. Um we did, and this is kind of good timing, Tony. That yeah. that uh, 
we can talk about this a bit because we didn't have time to really speak about the we did a draft cast of my top 32 on the weekend here and uh we didn't we did ended up not having time to talk about the 21 to 32 picks too much so uh, i don't mind going into it a bit here with you good so let's do that let's bring it up and yellow sammy juliana master control here we have it. Grant McCag of Recruits and Recruits.ca. His picks 21 to 32. And folks, once again, when you subscribe to Grant's uh, publication, the Recruits Magazine, uh, and you can get the Platinum Package for $3.99 per month, uh, you have access to absolutely everything. So here you have it. Different packages. NHL draft coverage is $1.99. Uh, Canadians coverage throughout the season, two forty nine per month. Canadians NHL draft coverage, everything combined is three ninety nine per month. Full coverage of both the Montreal Canadians and NHL draft eligible prospects. Every now and then you get some interviews, all that stuff. It's amazing bang for your buck. Let's get back to your list twenty one to thirty two. Okay, talk to me about these guys because as someone who doesn't scout uh, these names. They don't say anything to me right now. So let's go. What can you tell me? <laughs> and I mean, there's no guarantee that it's going to be one of these guys that they pick. There could be somebody that I have in my top 20 that drops down, or there's a guy that comes on later, obviously. So I'll just qualify it that, you know, there's no guarantee that it's going to be one of these guys. But uh, as you can see in this grouping, at least there's quite a few forwards which is good, <laughs> which, which uh, increases the possibility that it might be one of these guys that they yeah. pick because I think I think they're going to lean heavily towards uh, drafting forwards in this draft if it, you know, if it's their best best player available or even close to it, that that's what they'll go with. But there's some yeah. guys here that, uh, that are going to be attractive to the Canadians, I think, uh, with that Winnipeg pick. Um, uh, the two, like, there's three Western League guys right in the middle there. Uh, Ryder Ritchie, Andrew Basha, and Tarek Parasak. They're yeah. all producing really big numbers in the uh, WHL. All very skilled. Um, all have second-line wing winger uh, upside. Now, yeah. if they can end up getting two top six forwards in this draft class to add to, you know, you consider that uh, – a doc's coming back. You hope that New Hook can take another step. Um, you got guys like Joshua, Owen Beck, um, Oliver Kapman, all all in the mix. So that's a nice that that makes for a nice group of young yeah. players that can that can battle it out for the for those six spots right in the lineup. Uh, yeah, down down the uh, stretch. But I mean, Pridham's a highly skilled kid that's six two playing in the in the BCHL Letourneau's six, seven. Uh, actually I have to update that. Uh, this is an older list and it, they've got him at six, seven. Um, Luchanko, I just watched him today. Guelph. He's there. Uh, he's their first line center uh, on the first PK and the first power play in his draft year. Uh, got him uh, marked down there as a right winger at five ten, but he's actually now five eleven. And they think that he's still going to grow some yet too, so he's a uh, he's a potential top two center and certainly a middle line center potential that that's very versatile. That would be a great pick as well. I don't know I don't know what Bob Roth thinks of Chernyshov, but he's uh, 
he's a really, really good Russian, big Russian player that with skill that, that can shoot has top six upside all day long as well. So there's lots of possibilities in that group for the Canadians to pick. And I think it's a great opportunity for them to add two guys that can really, you know, with their top two picks that can really vie for top six uh, spots down the road. Grant, you went through most of the names, but because we have the chart up right now, some people will actually be listening through Apple or Spotify and won't actually see the chart. Why don't we do this? We'll go through everyone from 21 to 32. Once again, a brief 30 seconds on each one, if you can. At number, and correct me with the uh, pronunciation if I get some of them wrong. At number 21, you have Igor Chernyshov, center slash left winger with Dinamo Moscow. Six foot two, about 192. So once again, talk to us about him quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, Chernyshov's, uh he's got all the attributes to be a, a second-line uh, winger, um, like a power winger. And and the Canadians are are likely going to be attracted to uh, to that type of player. Although, I mean, you would like to see him use his size more, and that seems to be the knock on him that he maybe doesn't play as gritty a game as, as you'd like to see. So whether that's uh, what the Canadians desire or not, remains to be seen but certainly uh they could use another uh skilled winger with size and uh he fits that bill uh luchenko as i say is is now a center 22 a 22 jet luchenko uh center with guelph ohl yeah and 511 uh all the scoutsmen tell me that he got measured at the uh, top prospects game and he's grown another inch and he's very young you know, uh, young looking, and I don't know if they if the scouts know that his growth plates aren't closed or not, like Reinbacher. But the, everyone, they all seem to think that he's gonna keep growing yet. Um, but he's uh, he's just a solid two way uh, NHL center pr- prospect. Like uh, I know I had one scout that compared him to Poitra, who's who already made yeah. the. Uh, who was a Guelph center actually before, and there's some similarities to them. So it seems like Guelph's kind of pumping out the, uh, you know, the two way centermen that are a little undersized, but play, but play big and play smart. If Trevor Timmons was still with the Montreal Canadiens and director of amateur scouting, and they were picking and EJ Emery was available, a right-handed defenseman with the U S national development program. Trevor liked those U S national development program guys. He'd probably be looking at him six three. Uh, what can you tell us about EJ Emery? Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's a, he's a stud defenseman, like a athlete. Um, raw, very raw at this point, but great skater, good size, um, very smart, dependable defensive defenseman who also has some upside. He's been compared to Keandre Miller. Uh, who has developed quite well with, with the Rangers. And if he can end up being anything close to Miller, he's certainly an attractive uh, prospect at uh, 23 for, for a lot of teams. Miller's I like Miller a lot. When when you were describing him at the beginning, I said, my God, it sounds like Struble. When you start, started talking about a really good athletic, good defensive defenseman, then you name Miller. Miller's an upgrade. Miller. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And actually, Look he north. is. Uh, he does remind me a bit of Struble. That's not a bad comparison at all. Just he's taller, you know. Th- thank you. If anyone ever asks you and you bring it up, say just Tony Marinero gave me that name. Thank you. 24th, <laughs> Ryder Ritchie, right winger, Prince Albert. Yeah, one of the more skilled players in this draft class. He's uh, he's had a little bit of a disappointing year, but um, it was great talking. Al Latang, who had him in the summer with the uh, Halenka teams, just raved about how skilled this kid is. And uh, um, he, he's got top he's got second line winger potential for sure. Um, he's been injured and maybe a little disappointing this year. So he kind of like, he was thought to be a top 15 uh, prospect early in the year, but he's kind of dropped a little bit, but maybe that's to the benefit of a team like the Canadians. Who knows? Like, you know, maybe, I mean, we've seen it before kids that have that potential that drop and end up uh, being, really uh you know really solid prospects uh they bounce back the following year so richie i think would be on the radar for the canadians but they might be a little bit shy about the size as i think they ideally would like to get they would like to get uh, add some size to the top six at 25 a six foot six left-handed defenseman in finland yesi pulkinen yeah he uh He's an undrafted, actually. He's he's like gonna turn twenty this year. Um, blossomed, came out of nowhere, um, put up uh, insane numbers in in Finnish junior this year, and ended up making the uh, their world junior team and being really good. He he's a good skater. He's got a great shot. He's six six. Uh, he's starting to play with a bit more of a physical edge, and his defense just keeps improving. So he's a real wild card for this draft. Three wingers at 26, 27, 28. You alluded to them before. We talked about them before. Andrew Basha of Medicine Hat, Tarek Parasak of Prince George, and Jack Pridham of West Kelowna. Yeah, uh, Basha just keeps putting up the big numbers. Uh, it was thought by some that, his uh, his high stat numbers at the at the start of the year were in part due to him playing with uh, Caden Lindstrom, who was third on my list. Uh, but Lindstrom's been out the last few weeks, and Basha's point production has not has not dissipated at all with with him gone. So he's uh, he's proven this to the scouts that it's not just uh, his numbers aren't just a product of playing with with good players. He he creates offense, plenty of it himself, and has plenty of skill too. Uh, six foot seven centerman, Dean Latorno. Yeah, uh, he's from Iron Prior, which is uh, which is where um, Trevor Timmons lives. So he yeah. knows him quite well. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Columbus has a pick in the in the twenties, uh, but they might be targeting him too. You never know. But uh, yeah, he's. Uh, He's a really skilled, big centerman that uh, reminds me a little bit of uh, Logan Brown in his draft year, who was uh, highly touted in Ottawa. Ended up picking up for picking or dra- moving up in the draft to get him at I think it was eleven overall. Um, he never quite panned out, but Laterno has to, just like Brown in his draft year, has to. Uh, maybe 
compete a little harder away from the puck and stuff. Uh, and you never know which way guys will go with that. The big guys, sometimes they, it takes a little longer. Sometimes they don't ever figure it out. But if he How's ever puts everything together, he's an intriguing, intriguing prospect. He could be uh, he could be a home run for a team. How's the skating, Grant? Because a big man like that, six, yeah, seven, well, it's not easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, considering he's put on like growing two or three inches in the last year, and usually the guys are are lumbering and and co- uncoordinated when they're seventeen and they're growing like that. Uh, his skating's not bad. He's he's got a you know especially once it gets going. Like typically for a six seven guy, his first three steps aren't super quick. But uh, no, his skating is going to be uh, it's not going to be an issue. So very intriguing, very intriguing prospect. Uh, how many six foot six, six foot seven centermen come to mind for you? I'm thinking of one right now. Uh, yeah. What are you thinking of Mike McCarron? Uh, that's one of the guys I'm thinking about. Brian Boyle's another one. Yeah. Brian Boyle. Yeah. There aren't that many Brian of Boyle. them. It's almost yeah, it's it's... too tall to play, you know, but, uh, yeah. Boyle, uh, and McCarron both took, I mean, McCarron's finally breaking into the NHL as a regular this year. And Boyle was like the same age, 25, 26, before, you know, he could really adapt to the NHL speed properly. And maybe Letourneau, like he's at St. Andrews College. And that's the the issue with him where you're concerned. You're like, geez, will he be able to, you know, adapt to the the higher leagues as he goes along? Um, But he's going to you're going to have four to five years for this guy to develop. Don't, you know, if you do draft him, don't be expecting to see him in the lineup for at least five years. All right. Okay. Uh, A couple of centermen at 30 and 31, both out of the USHL, Michael Hage and Sasha Boisvert. Yeah. Both of top, you know, second line center upside. And uh, again, if you, if you can get a guy that uh, at the end of the, first round that potentially could fill a second line center spot for your team. That's a, that's a nice get. Uh, They're both very skilled. Uh, You know, they can score, they can pass good size. Uh, So, you know, there's some decent, there's some decent uh, prospects that are going to be available with that Winnipeg pick. And I think, uh, I mean, Kiva, how are you? Um, you know, 5'10 finish left defense. I mean, he's been injured most of the year. And I really don't think that it's somebody as skilled as he is. He was thought to be maybe a five top 10 pick because he was a superstar when he was 15, 16. Yeah. But uh, he's dropped some. I mean, we, we saw him earlier in the year and it's just, you know, he's going to have issues defending against pros uh, as, yeah. as skilled and as smart as he is. Um, but I don't see the Canadians being interested in in drafting him regardless. By the way, Sasha Boisvert is a kid from the province of Quebec. He's a three-rivers right. kid. Trois-Rivières, yeah, from Trois-Rivières. Yeah. yeah. No, right. I, I I wouldn't doubt that he's uh, he's somebody that the Canadians are looking at uh, uh, very seriously. Uh, amazing stuff, Grant. You know, a part of the fan base is a little bit disappointed, of course, that Sean Monaghan was traded. 
but um, you know, you showing us the list here, picks 21 to 32, a little bit of optimism that the Montreal Canadiens could get a pretty good player, even though Winnipeg's having a really good season and their pick's going to be a high one, but it looks like the Canadiens will be able to have themselves a player. But then again, it's the draft and anything can happen, but uh, at least we have all the information here. Thanks, Grant. We'll talk to you soon, my man. And I want to let everyone know. Thank you. I appreciate it. From recruitsandrecruits.ca. Check them out. Thanks, Tony. Cheers, bud. All right. Okay. Uh, I want to let everyone know that this conversation with Grant with Grant was actually recorded just a little bit earlier uh, because uh, the Cavalaros are traveling. All right. So if there's something I missed, well, then now you know. Uh, I will also let you know that the Cavalaros, myself, and hopefully we could see Grant and all of you or many of you at the poker tournament that's going to take place for Sammy. Uh, it's going to be Sammy's first annual poker tournament. And for kids who, of course, have uh, spinal muscular atrophy like Sammy, because all proceeds are going to be donated to Cure SMA Canada. It's going to be a playground on Saturday, February 17th, um, at starting at 6 p.m. It's $150 entry plus buy-ins and add-ons. Uh, drinks are included at playground, of course. So we'll see you there. The number to call for your tickets, or maybe you want to buy a table, that would be pretty cool, is 514-219-2725. 514-219-2725. All right, okay, we'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, and, of course, we're going to go live because tomorrow night the Montreal Canadiens are in Washington as they visit the Capitals, and our regular collaborator when Montreal Canadiens play on Tuesday nights, for the most part, is former Montreal Canadian Max Lapierre. So I'll be back with Maxime Lapierre tomorrow night. I want to thank Energy Transportation Group, as well as Labitta TB, as well as Playground, and as well as Accent Insurance Solutions for their partnership and their sponsorship, and most of all, their friendship. We really much appreciate all the support they give us. I want to thank all of you, our sick army and our sick community. Thank you very much for being with us all the time, all the fan engagement, all the comments. Please, if you can, leave us a five-star review on Apple. If you really love us, that's what we want you to do. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. It's really our way of feeling all the love that you have for us. We'll be back tomorrow night, 10 p.m., after the Canadians and the Washington Capitals. For Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana, they're the Cavalaros. I'm Tony Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. 